As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Athletic. So another 2-0 defeat at home for Arsenal in the FA Cup against Liverpool yesterday. That's despite creating a number of good chances and having relative control of the game throughout. Arsenal fans haven't seen that since, well, the West Ham game last week. So how worrying is this pattern for Mikel Arteta? And what's their way out? Coaching or action in the January transfer window? I'm Adam Leventhal. Welcome to The Athletic Football Podcast. Well, alongside me for this one are two members of our dedicated Arsenal podcast, Handbreak Off, the former Arsenal midfielder Adrian Clark and the Athletics Arsenal writer James McNicholas. It's great to have you boys alongside us. Um, I do feel for you a little bit, gents. I know you're a little bit down in the dump. So let's see if we can come up with some answers, the, the resolutions to this situation. James, you were at the Emirates yesterday for us. Beaten 2-0 despite having loads of chances, being the better side according to Arteta. Just tell us about these, these worrying patterns that are developing for people who haven't been necessarily au fait with what Arsenal are going through at the moment. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been an interesting few games. I mean, if you take a step back, it's actually now one win in seven across all competitions. In terms of a pattern developing... Certainly, there was a strong sense of deja vu yesterday. I was at the West Ham game on, was it the 28th? I think Arsenal played them and they dominated that match, had a flurry of opportunities, which they didn't take, ended up getting beat 2-0 at home. And yesterday was kind of a similar outcome. I mean, I think the second half was a much more even game than the West Ham one ever was. But in that first half in particular, Arsenal really should have put Liverpool to the sword and they let them off the hook. They didn't. Uh, And it is... A little bit worrying. You know, it's, uh, it's more than one game now. That's the thing. I think when you have a, a one-off like this, you can say, well, that's just bad luck. Arsenal did everything right. But how many times can you say that? And I think when you look over the last half a dozen or so games, there have been a number of matches where Arsenal haven't got the reward that their sort of broader performance has deserved. And it's been at the business end, in the final third, in the penalty box, that they've fallen short by and large. So, yeah, Mikel Arteta looked a bit concerned after the game and he admitted in his press conference it may be becoming a a psychological barrier for the team now on the basis of what I saw yesterday I'd have to agree and Adrian obviously the the narrative 
is is quite clear. Some Arsenal fans will be getting frustrated about it. Some will be jumping on that bandwagon, waving their arms and saying, we have to get it done. And that is get a proper number nine. Is it too simple to say that someone like a, an Erling Haaland would solve this situation instantaneously for Arsenal? Not that he's going to come, obviously. <laughs> I'd quite like to find out, Adam. <laughs> I'd, like, I'd like to know. <laughs> I mean, if you, if you look at, at Liverpool, they've got Mo Salah. Obviously not in not in yesterday's game, but but Mo Salah is is, is an elite finisher, and, and Erling Haaland is for Manchester City. That that is one clear difference between Arsenal and their their biggest rivals at the moment. So yeah, they'd certainly benefit from from a more natural finisher. I think that's been missing. Gabriel Jesus is a is a fabulous player, brilliant to watch, but his finishing isn't. At, the elite level and and you can look around the entire front line this season and and you can you can say that none of them are finishing anywhere near as clinically as they did last year the minutes per goal ratio is is really poor compared to last season gabriel martinelli is basically taking three more shots to you know his conversion rate has reduced by an incredible amount, you know, it's 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 around nine percent at the moment. But last season, it was up there. Yeah, it was around nineteen percent last season. At the moment, it's six point zero six percent shot conversion. That's including blocks, but that's a, that's a big regression. And you can look at Erdegaard, Jesus, Saka as well, actually, and and they've all regressed. So um, they've got to pick things up themselves and not become poor players. But the squad itself, I think, would benefit obviously, from another centre-forward. I think it's interesting as well, you know, on the eve of the Liverpool game, the day before, uh, we had a press conference with Mikel Arteta and we spoke about that regression. And it was fascinating because he said, to be honest, we anticipated it. I'm paraphrasing, but he essentially said they performed at a level last season in front of goal that isn't necessarily sustainable. Well, I think what they did last year is exceptional, you know, and to maintain that, those numbers, we knew that it was going to be extremely difficult because it was a one-off, and no one-off for us, one-off in the league. So we know that we need other resources and other kind of goals to maintain the levels that, uh, that we want. And when you look at the kind of the underlying metrics, the XG of each player compared with what they actually ended up with their goal-scoring tally, Martinelli was a, a massive overperformer, Odegaard, Saka, Granite Xhaka was another one. And he sort of suggested, look, I don't necessarily think that this was going to be sustainable. We were always going to have to find other ways to score goals to kind of keep up the pace. I suppose the question becomes, you know, knowing that and knowing that a degree of regression was sort of inevitable, did they do enough to to keep that goal threat as high as it needs to be if you want to be winning trophies? Well, let's dig a little bit deeper into the underlying numbers for Arsenal. Our data writer, Mark Carey, has taken a look. It doesn't take a genius to see that Arsenal are struggling to score in front of goal in recent weeks. And in the last four games, Arsenal have created chances worthy of five non-penalty goals and they've only scored twice. So the clamour for a clinical striker does make sense to a certain extent, but I think there's far more nuance to the story. So in the short term, Arsenal seems to be on the bad side of some statistical variants, basically. So some bad luck, some bad shooting and some great opposition goalkeeping can happen sometimes. And 
you know, when the margins are so tight at the elite level, this variation has the potential to derail a team's whole season. But in terms of bringing in a clinical number nine, I do think it's worth noting this. And it's that previous analysis has shown that a player's finishing skill is actually very small compared with more important factors, such as the location or the angle of a given shot. And the identity of the shooter is largely irrelevant. It's, it's actually the creation of chances that are more crucial to the sustainability of a, a player's or a team's success in front of goal. And Arsenal are doing so many things well in that regard, not least their ability to create good opportunities from winning the ball really high up the field. Arsenal's out-of-possession approach in general is one of the best in Europe and they could and should have scored two or three goals from these situations. Oh, they've deceived Liverpool here and it's Havertz with the chip and over the top. How many more chances are Arsenal going to pass up? Against Liverpool at the weekend, if not for a better pass and perhaps some different decision-making along the way, I think that would have been the case, particularly in that first half. And zooming out a little bit, in the Premier League this season, only Brighton averaged more than Arsenal's 1.3 shot-ending possessions won in the attacking third per game. And essentially this shows just how much they're using their coordinated press to create good and lucrative goal-scoring opportunities. And that's arguably a more difficult thing to do as a team so it isn't as simple as just getting a clinical number nine and it will fix everything because first of all it's not as easy or cheap to do something like that but also because the player who's on the end of these chances is perhaps controversially less important than creating those chances in the first place and as i mentioned arsenal are doing so many things really well that i believe are more sustainable than some bad luck in front of goal you're listening to the athletic football podcast This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. So the answer is to either... Yeah, get some benefit from this reset, as as Adrian has has mentioned. You know, they're heading off to Dubai. Get a bit of sun in your back, and and that might help the situation. Or augment what you already have with new signings. James, are you on the on the same page as Ian Wright, who said we need a killer? He you know he posted on social media with a, a miserable expression, but from someone who knows it, who was that killer. You sort of have to listen. He's he can see it plainly out there. You need someone who's got that cutting edge. Are you on that page? Listen, I, I 
I'm not going to argue with Ian Wright, that's for sure, when it comes to goal scoring. I mean, he certainly knows what he's talking about there. I think he is probably, he may well be correct in terms of do Arsenal need a killer to win the Premier League? Quite possibly. I think that they've improved in some respects this season. We're talking about this regression in front of goal, but I think that the structure of the team, the level of control they exert in matches, how they dominate uh, territory and you know dominate other teams generally in games, I think they have made a step forward in that regard. But Adrian mentioned the likes of Salah, the likes of Haaland. You're competing against teams with these absolutely elite goal scorers. And so to go beyond them, do Arsenal need one of their own? Very possibly, very possibly. Is that going to happen right now? I don't think so. Mikel Arteta was pretty honest last night when he said... At the moment, it doesn't look realistic, you know, and what my job is and what we have to do is improve our plays and, and try to, to get with the players that we have better results. I thought that was quite telling, actually. He didn't say, I disagree. He didn't say, yeah, we don't need a, a top centre forward. He said it's not realistic. I think Arsenal are aware that it's a position that's probably going to require an addition in the next... 12 months, probably very much on their agenda for 2024. But I think it is much more realistic to see that as a, a summer signing rather than a January one. That may not be the news Arsenal fans want to hear, but I think Arsenal have got to where they are and sort of this revival of sorts has been based upon long-term strategic recruitment. And sometimes that's meant waiting for the right signing rather than you know panic buying and just getting whoever's available at that particular time. And I think Arsenal will do that again when it comes to this area. Um, I'd be quite surprised if they don't add a centre-forward in the summer. I'd be very surprised if they do in January. It was interesting you mentioned in your latest piece, James, about the priority being finding the money to pay to make the David Raya signing permanent. And I just wanted to rewind to the summer and this is obviously hindsight doing a lot of heavy lifting here. Um, if you had the time again, and you were obviously in charge of Arsenal's finances and you were the manager of the club, um, would you have added another goalkeeper if it was going to maybe preclude you from getting a better striker in January or even in the summer? Ooh, I, no, I wouldn't have done. What I would say is the Raya deal... The structure of the Raya deal really suited Arsenal. You know, it was a £3 million loan fee up front with a £27 million option that's kind of not really an option. They've really, you know, they're going to do it. Of the £27 million deal down the line, what attacking player could you have signed on those terms at that point in the window? Probably, I, I can't think of anybody, right? But I, I do think there is a bigger question about the summer recruitment potentially. You know, no one will argue with the signing of Declan Rice. It's been a revelation. He's been fantastic. But when you're at that very top level and you're trying to pit the likes of Liverpool, Man City, your big purchases all need to take you forward and closer to that target. So Rice absolutely has done that. Jurian Timber, they've been unlucky because he looked fantastic in pre-season, did his cruciate ligament in the first game. And then beyond that, you're looking at Kai Havertz, has been the subject of a lot of debate this season and was you know, really lacking confidence in my eyes in front of goal yesterday, despite a, a good all-round performance. Just when it came to the final action, he didn't have it. And then David Raya, uh, who I don't think has been anything other than the, the most marginal of upgrades on Aaron Ramsdale. I think it's very, very tight between those two. So 
yeah, hindsight is is twenty twenty. But I think at the time that some of those deals were done, particularly Havertz and Raya, there were questions from Arsenal fans, and I think some of those questions are still to be answered. We'll get stuck into the the options, but Adrian, just to tee that up, do you think it would be wrong? And this is taking into all you know the various considerations that Arsenal have to not strike while the iron's hot and just try to get someone in that you think might make the difference this season in particular? Yeah, it's easy when it's not your money, when you don't know exactly the budget that's available. But I think I would love it if Arsenal could get creative. And and sometimes a decent player has to go in order to pave the way for for newcomers to come in and, and potential game changers. So, the only way that Arsenal are going to be in the market for a striker is if they if they sell a couple of players, and we all know who 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 they might be in terms of the players that aren't in the first team on a regular basis. You're probably looking at Enketia, Nelson, Smith Rowe, all homegrown products that would that would boost obviously the the FFP situation. I mean, there's there's a Fabio Vieira, there's Aaron Ramsdale, but you need buyers, don't you? And I think that Arsenal. They can't bank on big sales this month unless teams come in with the money for any of these players. And if they do, and it, there are a couple of sales that generate, you know, 50, 60, 70 million, you know, maybe that's optimistic, but possibly, then then maybe, just maybe, they might be able to go out and, and do some business for a striker. They're going to have to be creative. For me, the team needs one, um, but but it also needs probably a central midfielder. We're a little bit light in that department. Also probably need a left back moving forward. So it isn't the only situation that needs addressing. And and I was like, I go back to the original, you know, last season these guys were smashing in goals left, right, and centre. It wouldn't surprise me if they come back and finish the season super strong. Yeah, I, I think that's a great point because the signing question is an interesting one. But I think you have to ask, can these current Arsenal forwards do better than they currently are? And they have to, you know, they have clear talent. We've seen it from them in the past. But right at this moment in time, they are not delivering. And Arteta's first task is to get that out of the players he has available to him already. Um, You know, is that going to be enough to win them a Premier League, a Champions League? I don't know, but it's certainly enough for them to do a lot better than they're currently doing. Very quickly, on, on last season's front four, with Saka and Jesus and Erdegaard and Martinelli, if, you, if you're saying that's the sort of the main men in the, in the top end of the pitch, last season, obviously a whisker away from winning the title, no one scored more than one in two. No one. They, they got to the brink last season without a prolific striker and it wasn't you know such an issue. It, it's just that they've been a lot more wasteful this time around. And, and I think that that is, that is a form psychological issue rather than the fact that they're not good enough in my in my opinion it's not to say Arsenal shouldn't supplement if they can so one name that Arsenal have been linked with quite a lot in the build-up to this January transfer window is Ivan Tony, and he's been speaking to Darren Lewis for Sky Sports News uh, today Monday um do either of you having heard what he said think that it is more or less likely that that is going to happen in January? Or has that always been a bit fanciful to get Ivan Tony in this window, considering how much he was going to cost? I think, uh, you know, Tony spoke about wanting to repay Brentford uh, for their faith in him and 
uh, that doesn't surprise me. I think maybe a bigger factor is the fact that Brentford need him. You know, this is a Brentford side whose results have really tailed off of late. Um, some of their other forward options are absent at this point in time. And Burma, I think, is out injured. So, yeah, as far as I can see, Brentford would be crazy to let Tony go in January because it could leave their Premier League status at risk. Completely agree. There is not a worse time for Brentford to sell Ivan Tony. It's as simple as that. And basically, they're so short of goals, it's it's frightening. If they if they sanctioned a sale this month, I'd be staggered, given their situation. So if Arsenal aren't going to spend their way out of this situation, and that's a, that's a qualified situation, obviously it's going to come down to what Mikel Arteta can do himself to get them back on track. You spoke, James, to Arteta about coaching finishing. What did he have to say about that? And and does it fill you with confidence that he, he's got the answers? Because he has done a lot in a relatively short period of time to transform Arsenal already. So this shouldn't be above his um, his remit. No, of course. I mean, the coach is ultimately responsible for, for all execution on the field. I, I found it interesting because I kept thinking of Thierry Henry, and I'm paraphrasing here, but Thierry spoke about Pep Guardiola having this idea of like, well, his job as coach was to get his players into the final third. From then on, there was a certain improvisational quality to it. You know, it was kind of over to you guys, which I suppose works very well when you've got Thierry Henry and Lionel Messi and <laughs> whoever else Barcelona might have had at that time. But I asked Mikel, you know, as a coach, when it comes to the final action, be that the shot, the final pass, is that an area where you feel you have less control? It becomes trickier to coach and certainly to replicate an action in the game. That's probably the hardest thing to replicate in, in football. And the timing, the behaviour of the opponent, the distance between the ball and the feet of the opponent, the exact location of that shot, the position of the keeper, um, the game state. So it's, it's, it's very tricky, but uh, it's something that... We have to improve recently, especially in, in the way that we have transformed. He admitted, actually, that in terms of fixing this on the training pitch, it is quite challenging. I think an interesting question that Arteta will be posing himself and looking at with his staff over this fortnight break, as Adrian alluded to earlier, is what about the types of chance that we're creating? You know, Not just our lack of composure when we get them, but can we fashion more opportunities? I saw a stat. I think it was on the website who scored the other day about Arsenal. Um, when it comes to their shots on goal, I think only 63% come from central areas. And I think that might be the lowest in the league. So, you know, does that tell you something about the types of opportunity they're creating? Can, can they find a way to make some of these goal scoring chances easier to take for their players? It's a really fascinating question. And what I would say is that although the last few games have sort of prompted all this analysis over the finishing. I think it'd be remiss not to say that actually among Arsenal fans in particular, the attack has been a sort of ongoing discussion for, for much of the season. And people have been saying, you know, are we going to click into gear? Are we going to click into gear? And to a certain extent, some of these, some of these numbers we're discussing now have been a little bit obscured maybe by an outstanding set piece record. Yeah. I don't want to disagree. <laughs> you know, too much for Mikel Arteta. He absolutely knows what he's on about. He's a brilliant coach. But I, I would disagree to a point because I think that that finishing is about repetition. It's about, you know, mastering your technique in those situations. And and the more that you work on it with individual players, they, 
they should get better. And I, I would imagine they would get better. So I think that, that there has to be a lot of work on that. I always think opposed training sessions are, are more valuable, whereby you put the front six up against Saliba, Gabriel, up against Zinchenko, up against these guys, attack v defence over and over and over again, just to see see what they can conjure up, to see, you know, to work on moves and patterns that 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 they can undo their own defence with, in, in which case then, then we have to take that forward. I think that I also feel that this season, the structure of the team, Adam, has been built around um, giving the ball to Saka and to Martinelli from central areas and saying, "One go, go at them 1v1. And they're very good at it. But for me, we also really lack the variety there where, where uh, full-backs or midfielders come out and join in and, and, and create two, two V1s, three V2s, quick little triangles in the, you know, by the corner. That was the cornerstone of their success last season. And it feels to me as if that has not ground to a halt, but it, it is less a part of the fabric of this Arsenal team than it was. And in my view, and I think a lot of Arsenal fans view that, that is a backward step rather than a, a step forward, even though I get the you know the desire to release Saka in 1v1s. He can't do it all on his own every single time. So, yeah, I think I think there's a lot to work on on the training ground, actually. Um, it's, it's not solely an individual issue where, you know, just pick your confidence up, you'll be fine. I think there is work to be done. So is there a feeling that if you augmented the squad in another way, Maybe with uh, a new a new full back who's who's at the top of his game, but it's not going to cost you know eighty to one hundred million pounds like an Ivan Tony would cost. That that might help Arsenal have a, a a more reliable plan B in the second half of the season. And you know this is coming from a a journalist who supports a, a championship team at the moment. When I say plan B. I have all these sort of images of just get it in the mixer, get it in the mixer, it'll be fine. I'm talking about more sort of evolved plan Bs, but is that what you're saying, Adrian? That you know maybe that the other other elements of the team need to help, and it's not necessarily just the the strikers that are the issue or, or the attacking players that are the issue. Yeah, I do. I do think that. I, th- I think that the fullback position has been a, a slight problem. Obviously, they're good players. They're all good players. White's a great player. Zinchenko's a wonderful footballer, but but. Zinchenko spends most of his game in central midfield, and and it and it leaves it leaves the left winger, whoever it is, very very isolated. Now, I used to like being quite isolated in one v ones. You know, it's what it's kind of what you want often. But but if if that's what you do over and over and over again, teams find ways to stop it, don't they? They they create, you know, they double up, and and they shut those players out. So yeah, I think encouraging White to to renew his sort of chemistry with Saka and forward areas would, would would help. I also think a diff a different style of left back would help. Someone that can fly around on the outside, deliver real quality from from the left wing, and and be a solid defender would would benefit the team. Who that guy is, I'm not quite sure, but I think every squad needs different types of players. You can't all be the same profile. I think it helps to have players with different strengths, and that's why. In a way, there's talk of uh, Kieran Tierney coming back, you know, maybe being recalled. I, I don't think that will happen, but I could form quite a solid argument to suggest that that might be a good idea in the second half of the season to to offer something different going forward. So, 
yeah, there's, there's a fair bit to ponder, I think, at the minute. Well, up next, we're going to just assess the, the mood at the Emirates among the fans because even though they're still competitive, yes, they've gone out of a cup competition, there were a few boos. We'll discuss that next. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is supported by FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League Two after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the team's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher league. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenge and rise again into League One? FX is welcome to Wrexham. All new Thursdays on FX, stream on Hulu. The supporters, what I beg the supporters that they are behind the team. So after exiting the FA Cup to Liverpool with that 2-0 home defeat, there were a few boos at full time. Adrian, were you surprised to even hear some boos at full time or does that not really surprise you at all, knowing that the Arsenal fan base, as you do? It surprised me a little because the Emirates Stadium fan base have been very supportive to Mikel Arteta, to the players. It's, it's been an overwhelming sort of tide of of support ever since the start of last season. They love the team and they love what they do. Um, I know that it's a cup game, so there's, there was more fans maybe in the in the stadium that don't have season tickets, that that maybe don't get to watch as often. And, and maybe that was part of the reason why, because, it, yeah, I mean, every team has to accept that you might get booed from time to time if you play poorly. For, for me, the the first half was an excellent performance. I thought it was, I thought Arsenal were brilliant for much of that first period and f- deserved to be two or three goals up. In the second half, it, it tailed off and Liverpool shaded it for sure. I didn't think that was a performance worthy of boos. But when, when you've got back-to-back games at home where you haven't scored, there's going to be frustration. But uh, my, my honest take is that the... The regular fans at Emirates Stadium are still very supportive of the manager, of the players, of the team. Um, but online, you know, on social media, it's a, it can be a different story. And I'm, you know, I, I'm I'm getting messages from from people that, that that aren't happy with the manager. And you know, I find that very strange, given how much he's improved the team. Um, you know, the first sign of a of a wobble, it's not the time to get on everybody's back in my opinion I think it's, it's time to double down on your support and 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 you know get behind the boys James are you are you one of the double downers <laughs> well I wasn't one of the ones booing if that's what you're asking um yeah there was some dissent there was some unhappiness at full time I think that it, listen the FA Cup in many people's eyes is is not what it was but I think having lost a couple of games in the Premier League it was quite important that Arsenal had some silverware soon. I think given the level of investment, it's really the next step 
for this manager and, and this squad. I know he won the FA Cup in 2020. Actually, Arsenal's record in it since then is pretty poor. I don't think they've been beyond the fourth round. Um, been out to the likes of Nottingham Forest. They were a bit unlucky, drew, drew Man City away. Last year, went out in the fourth round. Liverpool in the third round this year. You know, I, I think when you are a club who spend as much money as Arsenal do, who have a, a good squad, maybe not as deep as some would like in some areas, but a good squad... You need to be pushing on into the last stages of these competitions. And I think that probably would have been the source of a lot of people's frustration and disappointment. I also think it's just been a bit of a roller coaster. I mean, Christmas Day, Arsenal were, you know, in the FA Cup draw and top of the Premier League. Uh, and now, you know, a couple of weeks on, they find themselves fourth. They've got Spurs breathing down their neck, theoretically, in the Premier League. They're out the FA Cup. That's one chance of silverware gone. I think the kind of the speed of the emotional plummet yeah. has contributed <laughs> to some of the unhappiness oh, that we're seeing. It's been a shocking couple stuff. of weeks, hasn't it? It's been terrible, yeah. James. It's not... Listen, start as you don't mean to go on about the new year. You know, it's been awful. So yeah. the only way is up, I guess. And uh, I'm sure all the Arsenal fans wish they were joining the squad in Dubai for a bit of a break and some winter sun, frankly. I think it's the only <laughs> thing that makes me feel any better. I'm available, Yeah. <laughs> And Adrian, we've seen some dissent online from a, a former Arsenal youngster's brother saying that they're not being given a chance. And there have been some, maybe some dissenting voices about Mikel Arteta not rotating enough in the cup competitions. They've now gone away aside from the Champions League. So what impact do you think it has on the, the fringes of the squad? Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's terrible news for the for the fringe players, for the youngsters coming through that Arsenal are out of the cup or both cup competitions. It's bad news for Aaron Ramsdale potentially as well, isn't it, in terms of game time? So yeah, it's it it, it does feel as if that you know there's less chance of a youngster making their way this season. But the truth is, when when you've got such a strong squad, it's, it is very very difficult for for young players to to come in. Saka and Smith Rowe benefited from from a pretty poor Arsenal side at the time. You know they emerged at the right time. They needed. Um, and it, fresh impetus from younger, un, untried players, and they delivered. This team doesn't need that really. There's enough. There's enough there already. So yeah, it's tough. But the best young talents will have to go out on loan second half of the season and and do the business and catch the manager's eye that way. But I would echo what James said in terms of a trophy. This team needs a trophy. Kieran Tierney was the only starter that's um, from the cup final. That's still at the club. He's obviously not there at the moment. I think Eddie and Ketia, Reese Nelson, and Saka are on the bench for that cup final. You know, this 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 team hasn't won anything yet, and uh, and it is a, a vital part of their development that they do so. So it's a massive missed opportunity, and I do understand why Arsenal supporters were were desperately disappointed at, at the final whistle. But yeah, I don't think the decline is terminal. I, I really don't. I think this is. More of a wobble. Well, let's end on a high then, James. Um, obviously, you've mentioned about the you know the warm weather training, Dubai. They then will come back against Crystal Palace at home. Um, I would have thought Crystal Palace will quite look forward to that. They've got some good performances away from home uh, this season. They'll be licking their lips, I'm sure. Um, but do you have a great deal of optimism for this sort of this reset, or is it is it hope rather than expectation? No, I, I do have optimism because I think a lot of the fundamentals of what Arsenal are doing remain good. 
it really is just that that kind of final third aspect to it. Um, you know, quite an interesting kind of subplot of this recent run is that as much as they've not been taking chances that have gone for them, they're being really punished for the chances they are giving up. It's not as if teams are coming against Arsenal and having 20, 30 shots on their goal. Um, you know, teams have been very clinical and Arsenal probably need to look at that end of the pitch as well and figure out, you know, why is it we're conceding such a high proportion of goals to shots? Uh, but I do have optimism. I do have optimism. I think, you know, these things will even out. I think the finishing will probably improve. I think the players will find some form. Just the tricky thing about this top, top level of football is that a brief period can cost you so much. And when I look at the league table and I look at Arsenal being out of the FA Cup, you know, we're only talking about a fortnight, really, of it going very wrong. But it feels like that could have big consequences for Arsenal's season. And Adrian, final word to you. It will either be sort of some sort of group therapy session or some tub thumping. And, you know, we'll 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 get back on track and everything will be okay. When is the next episode of Handbrake Off going to be out so Arsenal fans who are listening can get stuck into that? Yeah, there, there will be an episode out uh, on Monday afternoon, I would imagine, later later, in, later on today. So, um, yeah, there will be plenty plenty of Arsenal stuff dissected uh, in even more detail there, I would imagine. Well, brilliant. Adrian, James, thank you very much for being on the show. Uh, take care and fingers crossed for you, for your sort of your Arsenal hearts that things uh, turn up well. For everyone that's listening, that arrivals to you, they'll be hoping that your misery continues, I'm afraid to say. Um, <laughs> do remember to uh, rate and review this podcast if you're enjoying it. And if you want to subscribe, there is a current offer on of just $2 or £2 a month for 12 months if you want to become a subscriber to The Athletic. Go to theathletic.com forward slash football pod. We will be back tomorrow. Thanks very much for listening. You've been listening to the Athletic Football Podcast. The producers were Adonis Pratsides and Guy Clark, with additional production by Mike Stavro and Jay Beal. The executive producer was A.D. Moorhead. The Athletic. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favourite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.